Good morning, everyone. Good morning. This is uh, Frank Ventura, and I'm pleased to announce that this is the beginning of the 2016 BSCB Spring Conference. <laughs> Before we get started, I just have a few quick announcements. First of all, in the unlikely event of an emergency, the best way to get out of this room is to my right, which is your left, there are three sets of doors. If you exit through any of those three sets of doors, make a hard right-hand turn, Followed down the hallway, straight out the building. That is the quickest way to do it. Now, since we're mentioning that door, to out, out, out these doors and to the right, if you have a guide dog needs to be taken out, those doors will be unlocked from 6 in the morning to 12 midnight. And thank you to Mr. Barbashay and Kathy Devon for checking that out for us. If you happen to miss yesterday's uh, presentations and want some of the materials directly at the rear of this room, Opposite my voice, there is a, a table there with Braille and Large Print, and there's also Braille and Large Print uh, resolutions for this afternoon. Uh, one little thing, too, you may find in your room, if you're staying overnight, that there's some bottled water in it. Please remember those aren't free. Those, those are not complimentary. However, the water in the sink is still free. <laughs> okay, so uh, one thing that's new this year is if you want to show your love of BSCB, we're going to have some T-shirts, and they're wonderful T-shirts. They say, I love BSCB. They're white with red lettering. Uh, you can get them at lunchtime. I'll be at the registration desk, or at the time for paying, when you pay for your auction items tonight, we also have them available. Okay, so the last thing, and this is kind of important. Uh, if you're a member in good standing, you have, uh, obviously you have privileges to vote today. So you got badges at registration. They have to have a green round dot. And if you stick your hand in it, you'll feel it's tactile. That round dot gives you the privilege of voting. If you feel that you don't have that dot and you should, or if you don't have your badge, please, by break time or at break time, grab hold of either Mr. Jim Denham or Miss uh, Caroline Denham. Please don't wait till election time. That's not the right time to do it. <laughs> okay, so one other thing today is that we will have some volunteers, as we normally do. This morning's volunteers are... Mr. Bob Costello, Martha Moore, and uh, Diana, and I, I'm sorry for didn't get home. So you have Bob, Diana, and Bob. They will be helping out this morning, and they'll be here all through the morning, and then we'll let you know who will be here this afternoon. So give them a round of applause. Okay, so... If you notice on your registration this year, one of the options was to be a sponsor. And I just want to thank all the sponsors, and I'm going to take a little minute now to recognize all of them. And we have plenty of sponsors this year, so if you could just hold your applause till I finish them, I'd appreciate it. Because there's a lot of sponsors this year, and I thank every one of them.
Okay, so first level is $25 sponsors, and those are... Mr. Jim Duffy, Time Cleaners. Next level up was $50. That is a lot of these. Lars Nangler, Sharon Stokowski. Chris and Kathy Devon. That's a $50 level. And okay, good media. Second, this is such a big list, I have to go through the whole thing here. <laughs> Mr. Brian Charlson. Miss Kim Charlson. Mr. Jeff Harris. Celia and Richard Kagan. Miss Rose Miller. Miss Roz Nadler. Now, this is a gold level. This is $75. Miss Mary Royan. A sapphire level. And that's at $100. Assurance Home Care. Mr. Steve Dresser. Miss Nina Kagan. An emerald level. That's $200. Bomber Tech. A ruby level. That's $500. Frank Ventura. And we're very pleased to have two diamond sponsors. Vienda Pharmaceuticals, and Mr. Gerard Boucher. Let's give them all a hand of applause. Thank you very much. Remember, I'll be back at the registration table at lunchtime for the T-shirt sale, and I'm going to turn the mic over to our president, Mr. Brian Charles. Yes? There are more goodie bags out there. There are more goodie bags. <laughs> Thank you, Kathy, and thanks to South Short Chapter for the goodie bags. With that, I'll turn the microphone over to our president, Mr. Brian Chawson. $15 each. Yeah, we did. They, yeah, we, I did, definitely did read them. All one color, but no. All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the 2016 BSCB convention. I want to let you know that we have roughly 70 registrants for this year's conference, which is an excellent turnout. We appreciate all of you being here. As you heard from our convention coordinator, and isn't Frank doing an excellent job? 
the members of the BSCB Board of Directors wants to make sure that BSCB sustains itself over time. And so we've taken this year especially to try to make our events self-sustaining, if at all possible. We were able to achieve that for our fall conference, chaired by Jim Denham. And we're hoping that we'll do the same thing for this annual convention. And again, thank you to all of you who took your you know, hard-earned cash and helped us balance the books here at BSCB. So once again, thank each and every one of you for doing what you could do for us. We really do appreciate it. While doing appreciations, I would be amiss if I didn't mention our sound crew. Over to my left, we have Mr. Steve Dresser, Tim Cummings, and PJ Fernandez, making sure that the sound in this room and being captured for later broadcast as parts of Council Connection, that team is doing that, that for us. And of course, the other half of the yin-yang team, Mr. Rick Morin, our treasurer, is handling the streaming over ACB radios. Everybody, say good morning. ACB Radio. And TIC is here, and they're picking up the ACB radio broadcast and rebroadcasting it through their network. So we are doing everything we can to get the news of what BSCB is all about, and all of our speakers who come here and see our smiling faces. Well, there's a lot of shining ears, if you will, out there in radio land in many, many different ways. And we really do appreciate all the work that these gentlemen are doing for us to keep all of that news flowing out to those who weren't able to be with us today. I'd also like to take a moment in remembrance, remembrance of our president. I was not supposed to be standing here this morning. That was supposed to be Marsha's last time at the microphone. So, if you will, please, one moment of silence. Thank you very much. We didn't just lose Marsha, we also lost Jerry's wife, Elaine Barrier, recently. So one of the things that we're starting up in BSCB, acknowledging the importance of those who aren't with us, is on Sunday morning we'll have a short memorial service, including singing. So get those lyrics to Amazing Grace flowing through your head, because we're going to be doing that together tomorrow morning. That'll be first thing in the morning. program begins at 9. All right, so I'm supposed to be giving the president's address, but I'm also very aware that we have some people I'd like you to hear from more than me, and I have an extra chance at the end of Sunday's session to do a presidential address. So I'm going to just drop a few things to you right now and leave the balance of my time to other speakers this morning. Bay State Council of the Blind is an organization made up of men and women from all over the Commonwealth, people who have had the luck of having a lifetime of employment, and some who are among the 70% of blind people who aren't working but want to be. We're made up of people who are highly educated and have had opportunities to do that education, and those who haven't had that opportunity. We are made up of people of color, people who were natives to this land and people who were immigrants to this land. We are as diverse a population as the U.S. population as a whole. It's so hard to explain this 
to the sighted world when they see one thing and one thing only? What's a blind person like? There's not two people in this room that are alike, for heaven's sake. That's what makes this so much fun. Being able to come and be together in a family-like atmosphere and know that we're as diverse as the world. I really, really appreciate that part of what it means to be a member of the Bay State Council and thereby a member of the American Council and thereby a member of the World Blind Union. We do share this one concern. The quality of the lives of blind and visually impaired people of all ages, all races, all genders, people around the world, who as a result of this one aspect of their lives have been singled out in one form or another, and mostly on the negative side of that equation. But we're not sitting down and doing nothing about it. We're working hard together to change people's attitudes about blind and visually impaired people. We have a number of committees in the Bay State Council working on that. We have our transportation committee working on making transportation not the barrier to employment, the barrier to education, or the barrier to social engagement. We need to be able to get out and about. And certainly by your numbers here this morning, you're not letting transportation get in your way of being where you need to be when you need to be there. I think there's a lot of noise out at the registration table out there, bleeding in. Somebody at the back of the room can help me out that, Ray. I'd appreciate it. Thank you. So there are a number of other committees. You'll see some of them listed on the program here today. Resolutions, nominating, constitution and bylaws, the convention committee, of course. There are also the socialization or social committee. I don't want to say socialization because we don't have any problem doing that. But the social committee makes sure that we have a few opportunities each year to get together. A number of people in this room joined us at the Boston Beer Works, right? How many of you were there? A few of you attempted bowling this year. Who was the high scorer there, David? Do you remember? Catherine Moss. Catherine Moss. Oh, God, yeah, I was. <laughs> <laughs> so, and we did some birding out uh, with Jerry Barrier. Uh, that was a great one. By the way, this reminds me. Kim tapped me on the shoulder this morning and told me, don't forget to mention, that in tomorrow's Boston Globe, in the magazine section, there will be an article about access to, well, the cultural aspects of being a citizen of this great commonwealth. And uh, Jerry Barrier was supposed to be uh, one of the individuals showing the access to things like the Nature Center, the Boston Nature Center. But unfortunately, that was the week that we lost Elaine. So I stood in in his case. Now, anybody who's ever been out in nature with me knows that, you know, I'm more likely to wear loafers inappropriately <laughs> in nature. But that day, I did wear sneakers because going to the Nature Center just after the biggest snow event of this year now, it wasn't like last year. You wouldn't have found me out there then. But this year, I was able to go out to the Boston Nature Center, stand in for Jerry, and, and uh, lean against a tree. So I'm now officially a tree hugger. Um, 
gaze into the sunset. Well, it might not have been a sunset as far as I knew, but I gazed as if I was looking at a sunset and those kind of things. So if you get a chance to pick up tomorrow's Sunday Globe in the magazine section, we will be talking about accessibility to our community and its rich cultural heritage. So I'm going to hold the balance of my remarks until... This coming Friday night. David, you sing out. What is it? That's right. Okay, thank you for reminding me. Yes, it's at the Carroll Center even. So, <laughs> this Friday night, we are going to have a, what, what in my day and age we called a radio play. No staging, no costuming. But three actors are going to bring us the story of Molly Sweeney. It is a great play. It's sponsored by Bay State Council of the Blind through your social committee and going to be at the Carroll Center for the Blind Technology Center lecture hall area. That's this coming Friday night. Do you remember the start time, David? 7.30. By the way, we currently, and there's, you call the Carroll Center to register so we don't have too many people to fit in the room. Last I heard, there were 35 people registered to come. No, this is free, sponsored by Bay State Council of the Blind. Fascinating, fascinating story. So I want to give up the balance of my time to two individuals. Jerry, are you up here? Mr. Boucher? Jerry's a coming. So you heard that this year we're asking people to be sponsors of our organization to help meet our financial obligations. My treasurer over there, Mr. Rick Morin, uh, keeps us very well informed on the board of directors of the ebb and flow of our funding. And so we went to you, the members, to ask for sponsorships. And as you heard through Frank's rendition of names, many, many of you took this opportunity to show your love to BSCB by making a contribution. The highest level of contribution we listed as a diamond sponsor. And I am so pleased to introduce to you BSCB's first member diamond sponsor, Mr. Jerry Boucher. Can I say something? Come on up here. Keep coming toward my voice. And you are there, my man. Yes, good morning, everybody. It's a pleasure to be here. Um, <clears throat> I have to say, uh, see, I lost my dearest wife a year ago, December. So and I haven't been doing too much except a lot of studying, advocacy, and so I've had the chance to save a lot of money. So I figured I might as well put it to a, a good organization for the blind, as uh, the Bay State for the Blind, the affiliate of the ACB. What a better organization for the blind could there be? But the thanks really belongs to those who lead this organization, Brian, Kim, all the others who do year-round work to keep this organization this profound, wonderful organization going. They're the ones that deserve the real thanks. So thank you very much, and have a good convention. Okay. We are going to go off the air here for a little bit while Vanda speaks, and we will be back. So stay tuned, everybody. Thank you. Thank you, Brian. Appreciate it. Thank you.
Okay, we are rejoining now, the broadcaster. As a person who has non-24, I will tell you that that was the most cogent description of my uh, month, <laughs> if you will, because I go from that I'm not having a problem to, as Kim will tell you, I get up in the middle of the night and uh, she never knows whether I'm going to be dozing off in the chair or wide awake when everybody else is sleeping. It's, it's not easy. It is not easy. Luckily, I haven't leaned on the tea key yet <laughs> that I remember. I may have slept through it. I don't know. I usually do the tab key. <laughs> <laughs> tab key. Okay, Frank, you have any announcements before we yes, go on break? Yes, real quick. Uh, I apologize before about being a little befuddled with my morning announcements. As I was reading them, my phone was ringing, and it was the hotel asked me about what time our coffee break was. So if anybody is interested in becoming a convention coordinator in the future, you know what you have in store for you. <laughs> So to answer the question is that coffee is now already in the room. It's at the rear of the room towards the wall there. And we're going to have a short five-minute break. So if you want to get some coffee, it's a good time to do it. And again, if you do not have your badges or you do not have your dots, please see Jim McElline Denham. This is the time to do it. Quick break, folks. T-shirts will be available at lunchtime and also while you pay for your auction items. So again, coffee at the back of the room. We have T-shirts at lunchtime and after the auction. Bob Hachet, if you after you get your coffee, if you could come up to the frontier, we're going to start with you next. Bobby, I hear you over there.
Testing one, two. Testing one, two. Test, can you hear okay? Can you hear something? Okay, folks, we're on break. And sorry for those sound checks. Um, hopefully we'll be smooth sailing from here. We've had some problems with uh, assistive listening devices that I've been sorting out. We had to retune them. And uh, they were working last night, and they're not working today. So that seems to be... <laughs> One of the things that's been uh, pretty consistent about these ALD devices. I can't wait till convention, boy. <laughs> I'm going to have so much fun with those things. Oh, God almighty. It's going to take me the next uh, three months to go through every possible testing scenario I can think of to make sure that we've got all of our bases covered. But any event, you're listening to ACB Radio Live Event. My name is Rick Morin. And this is the Bay State Council of the Blind Annual Convention 2016. I think we're getting a call back now from the uh, from Frank. Uh, Jeff Bishop, I believe, is the next speaker. Uh, it's a little bit unfortunate that we had to uh, drop off the air. We had a very, very uh, interesting speaker. It was a doctor uh, from Vanda Pharmaceuticals, who is our $1,000 level sponsor for this event. Uh, talking about non-24 and the medication that they've brought to the marketplace, which apparently, due to um, some very tight regulations, they must have been called on this because we have broadcast stuff with them before, uh, like at National Borough Press, but they're under some prohibition now to uh, get on any type of um, broadcast vehicle that has the potential of broadcasting outside the realm of the United States. So that's why we had to drop off the air, so we apologize for that. We learned of that five minutes before we went on the air. So uh, I'm looking forward to what Jeff's going to do. Jeff uh, is our leader of ACB Radio and uh, had a lot of fun with him over the last several days. Uh, he was a guest of ours at the Yin Yang Show where he, uh, uh, he and I share a common attribute, and that is we both dislike veggies, although... I think his veggieitis is perhaps a little bit more. Folks, if you uh, take your seats again, we'll get started very shortly. Uh, He's the first person I've ever met that doesn't like ketchup. So, well, not the first, but you know, had a brother who used to put ketchup on his hot dogs. So Jeff's going to speak, and he's going to cover a lot of ground. Um, He's speaking on behalf of the American Council of the Blind. He's presenting an ACB update. So he will talk about the legislative imperatives that we had this year, uh, some of the things that are going on in ACB Radio, ACB Link, um, 
the fact that we've got a new executive director and a new ladies and gentlemen, we're going to get started again, please. Chair of advocacy. So um, I'm sure Jeff will do just a tremendous job uh, bringing us up to date on all this stuff. So <laughs> okay, here you go, order. folks. It's a uh, privilege to have a national speaker every year, and this year is no exception. Those of you who were here yesterday, you heard Mr. Jeff Spe- uh, Bishop speak about some of ACB technology. Today, he's going to talk to you a little bit about the state of the organized blind, and he's definitely one of our leaders on the national level. So I'm not going to talk too much about him because he speaks for himself. Mr. Jeff Bishop. Good morning, Frank, and members here. Thank you for the introduction. It was very kind. My name is Jeff Bishop, and uh, for introduction, you know, uh, yesterday when I was speaking, I walked up to Kim yesterday, and I said, Kim, you're not allowed to be here. (laughs) She says, what do you mean I'm not allowed to be here? And I says, yes, you make me nervous. You must leave. (laughs) So Kim, I think Kim is here, and she's not going to leave, which doesn't help. (laughs) That's all right. (laughs) Well, for introduction, let me introduce myself a little bit because uh, many of you may not know me. My name is Jeff Bishop. I'm on the national board now. I live in Tucson, Arizona, and I am married and have two children, David and Brian. I work at the University of Arizona as an IT accessibility analyst, and Uh, My career, for the most part, has been in software development. So I have a lot of technical background and have worked a lot of, uh, have done a lot of work in the area of assistive technology and testing and and have done a lot in the industry. So um, I wanted to bring a lot of that skill set to the council. uh, And you'll hear a little bit about that later on in the report. Well, so I thought, you know, I've never given a national report before, and I thought, well, the best way that I thought to do, really do it was to look at the calendar and, and kind of go through the calendar, and that's sort of how we're going to proceed here, uh, at least for the most part. Changes in national staff. Um, you know, I, I worked with Melanie Brunson for a long time as someone who served on the ACB radio management team, and when she announced to all of us that she was going to be leaving, it was a, a pretty, pretty sad moment. And I'm actually hoping that she's here listening on ACB Radio today. And if she is, I want to really thank her for the tremendous years of service that she provided to the American Council of the Blind and uh, that she is now doing in California in her work. So, Melanie, thank you very, very much. She had the opportunity to work with Eric Bridges, and it amazes me that he's been here now for eight years serving the American Council of the Blind. And when we voted him in as our new executive director, I was so very excited that that he is going to be serving in this role. I had an opportunity to see him work, and I'll talk a little bit about this later on in the report when we talk about the Microsoft settlement later on. But I will say that we picked a good one. The the guy has tremendous vision. He is 
just amazing. He, he knows how to run his staff very, very well. He makes them feel empowered to be able to accomplish the things that they need to do. And not only that, he makes everyone feel empowered when he, you work with him. He is a tremendous asset to the council, and I'm really grateful that we have him. He's absolutely fantastic. Uh, so he then brought to us Tony Stevens. Now, I did not know a lot about Tony. We need to, to replace what Eric did. So he hired Tony. How many of you had an opportunity to listen to the mid-year meetings, the president's meeting and, and the legislative seminar? Yeah. What would you think of Tony? Really amazing stuff. You know, we were talking a, a little bit about, about this in, uh, at dinner, and a lot of us were saying, wow, that's the next executive director when Eric leaves in about 50 years. <laughs> so, no, just an amazing man, lots and lots of talent, very dynamic speaker. Uh, he, he's someone that, that we will really enjoy having around and brings a lot of uh, expertise to the council. And he's an Android user, so now we have iOS and Android t- uh, expertise. For those of you that are Android users, you know, you're, you're now represented at a national level, too, in the office. Yay. And that's really good because we do quite a bit of work with Google, and, you know, that's kind of important that we uh, have someone there that can speak to that as well. Well, I uh, flew up here uh, to participate in the mid-year meetings, and this was my first opportunity this year to go to the Hill and talk about our legislative issues. And I'll tell you, it was quite an experience. John McCann, who uh, serves as our second VP, um, went with me, and I was glad he was, he was there. And I was, you know, I was a bit nervous going up there talking to, to people, but once you get going, it's, it's, it's quite all right. We talked about four legislative issues. The first one that we talked about was the Medicare Low Vision Act, and this was really important and, and was something near and dear to my heart. I have um, uh, someone in my family, my mother-in-law, who is going blind, and we as a family, because Medicare would not support purchasing things for her in this, in this area, we had to come up with the money to be able to get her a CCTV and and other technology so that she can continue to be as independent as possible. So, you know, it, you know, Tony said, it's really important you tell stories. And so I told about my, my mother-in-law. And I think it was uh, really meaningful doing it that way. So if you get a chance to, to do this, try to, try to come up with stories for sure that talk specifically about the uh, issues that you're going to be pre- uh, presenting. The uh, Cogswell-Macy Act was another area that was uh, a major focus for us. And, of course, this is all about educating students and providing the right resources to them. And, and again, you know, as, as especially with the area of technology and things moving so fast now, things are so much different than they were back in the you know, 1970s when I was going to school. The Marrakesh Treaty. We talked a lot about that, and, and we now have 15 countries represented for the Marrakesh Treaty. And we're hoping that the United States signs on soon. The rumor is we want to try to be the 20th country so that we get the Marrakesh Treaty in force. Now, we talked about web accessibility, and this is an area that I work on a lot at work uh, in, our, in our services at the University of Arizona. 
And the White House has uh, delayed the implementation of these uh, guidelines until 2018. So we urged the Senate to, uh, and the House to send letters and, and try to get movement on this space. It was a really great time, and, and we learned a lot about the legislative process during the weekend, and we really uh, had, a, had a great time up there. It was, it was quite an experience. If you heard some of the coverage, or if you haven't, you can go up on acbradio.org and download the archives of, of the presentations. They're all up there now. I think they are, right, Rick? Okay, good. Yep. All right. Very good. All right. I want to next talk about structured negotiation and lawsuit updates. We uh, have settled with GSA for the uh, SAM.gov website. Now, for some of you who may not know what this is, this is the website that's used for government contractors, and it wasn't accessible. So they weren't able to complete the things that they needed to do to to make sure that they were able to get the things done yeah, as a contractor, you know, filling, filling the website out. So there were three blind people involved in this as well as us and, and others. And, and, and this is a, another great example of the work that, that Eric has done and, and others within the council. So this was, uh, this was a very, very good thing. So how many of you like Denny's? Yeah, do you, I, you guys have Denny's out here, right? Do you have, you have Denny's? Yeah, okay, all right. Well, I never know. See, <laughs> you, come, you come from the West, and I mention things, and they go, we don't have that. I, so, I, you know, so, yeah. So, Denny's hit a grand slam in reference to accessibility, right? Yeah, it's great, isn't it? Yeah. Remember, remember in 1999 when the grand slam was only 99 cents? Yeah. <laughs> well, they, uh, they worked really hard and, and worked with us as part of our structured negotiation work. And we now have an accessible app and accessible website. So you, too, can look at the menu and, and order things and, and really have a, a great experience at Denny's. And this is uh, something I'm really happy about. I really like eating at Denny's. It's yummy food. Yummy food. <clears throat> Uh, a brief note here about the uh, taxi lawsuit that uh, Eric is in, involved with as long, along with ACB. Back in September, we had learned that the case can proceed, that ACB has standing in the case. So this is proceeding forward, and we'll have more updates for you probably later on in the year. Of course, this stuff takes time, but uh, that's the, the current update that we have on that. Um, Rite Aid now has talking prescription labels. This is really great news for those of you that are Rite Aid customers. Um, you can either use the pill reminder bottles or you can actually um, you know, get script talk labels and the script talk device for your prescriptions. Again, an another example of great work that we're doing here in the council. Next, I want to talk about communication changes. Our Facebook and Twitter accounts are seeing tremendous growth. If you want to hear a lot more detail about that, you can listen again to the archives of the President's meeting where Carla and John McCann were able to give a lot of updates in this space. Many of you were not here yesterday uh, when I talked about the ACB technology 
presentation about ACB Radio and ACB Link. So I want to give some brief highlights here and just briefly mention some team members that really deserve some tremendous credit in the valuable work that they do for the American Council of the Blind and, and ACB Radio. On ACB Radio, we now have a new program of which Brian Charlson has been on, Affiliates in Action. This has been spearheaded by Debbie Hazelton and the rest of the team. And Debbie is, is really my, uh, Debbie and both Larry and Debbie are really two people that I strongly rely on to keep the ship guided and, and they're really invaluable people. And I am tremendously happy and lucky to have them on our team. They're tremendously dedicated to the work that they do, and I'm, I'm really happy about the, the tremendous things that are happening in ACB Radio right now. Larry Turnbull seems like the guy never sleeps. Sometimes I uh, am tweeting with him at 1 in the morning, which of course is, you know, 2 o'clock in the morning his time, and he's working on the server, or he's doing other things, and he gets up at 5 o'clock in the morning and continues to do that work. Uh, the, re, re, yeah, <laughs> he never sleeps. The guy never sleeps. Um, he uh, he put ACB Radio on a brand new server architecture and brought brought it up to to uh, modern standards in reference to some of the server infrastructure that's in place. And uh, we were able to really ensure that ACB Radio was set for the future. ACB Link was released late last year, and many of you, how many of you do not have the app? Ooh, that's better. There, there were more clapping, there was more clapping uh, yesterday, so that's good. I expect all of you to download it today that are on iOS. Make sure you do not leave the room until you've downloaded it. I will know if you've downloaded it. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm sorry? Okay. All right, um, I want to talk a little bit about our IT strategic plan committee. At the board meeting in the fall, we had an opportunity to talk about the things that uh, we could do to improve the infrastructure, both the public infrastructure, our websites and technology that's there uh, that you see, and as well as the internal infrastructure uh, of our national office staff and uh, we, we really want to make sure that we have the greatest technology that works for us because we don't have a lot of staff. So it's important that we have as much technology, do as much of the work as possible. So while I was up in D.C., I had an opportunity to sit down and talk with our national office staff, and we're working on a proposal now to really increase productivity for all of them. And we'll have more to talk about this later on in the year. But suffice it to say that, that it's really, really important that we make sure that this happened. Um, and we'll talk a lot later about what the vision will be for ACB.org and the rest of our uh, online properties that all of you will see. We'll talk to you more about that in the future. In, uh, in October, Eric Bridges approached me and asked me to assist him in a process of negotiating with Microsoft Corporation. So how many of you are Windows users in the room? Yeah. And how many are Mac? 
Oh, just... I love you, man. <laughs> I'm a Mac user, too. I'm, I'm, I'm a Windows user. I, I use everything. I kind of have to for my job. So does everyone remember the Windows 10 fiasco? Everyone remember that? Yeah, Windows 10 was released in uh, uh, July of last year, July 29th to be exact. And it had some problems. And Microsoft even put up a blog post that talked about these problems. And they, and they did it even before the convention so that we had an opportunity to, to see it. And we put up a resolution that said that we need to make sure that we get Microsoft's attention to work on these issues. It, the, the issues were that the email client wasn't accessible, the Edge browser was not accessible, and the PDF reader that was built into Windows 10 was not accessible. But not only that, things like the, the Cortana process was not that accessible uh, because it used Edge, right? Remember that a lot of the, the, the Edge browser components are actually used throughout the operating system. So to say that the browser is not accessible also means that these areas were not as accessible either. So I can't go into a lot of specifics here about what the negotiation process was all about and, and how that, you know, what we, what we finally decided to, to, to um, have happen because we're all under non-disclosure about this. But I will say this, that if you ever wanted to see Eric Bridges in action, sit in a board meeting room with Microsoft with, there were no attorneys, which was good. That made me happier. Um, but lots of technical people. And we all were entrenched on, on very specific key areas. And it was, it was quite a conversation. Um, I led most of the technical discussions of that, but I was certainly glad that Eric was there because I, it, there was a, a pretty sensitive part of the meeting where if it, if it wasn't for Eric, it would have been tough for me. And it was really neat to see Eric so poised and being able to, to really show um, the, the needs of this organization and more importantly, the needs of all of us and representing us it was, it was really incredible to see that. And uh, he, he definitely, just by that action alone, proved his, his weight in gold to me. It was pretty incredible. We had an opportunity in November to attend the Microsoft Accessibility Summit. This was a, an opportunity as part of the World Blind Union to bring a number of people from around the world to Microsoft and talk about the accessibility roadmap. Again, we can't talk a lot about the specifics here. I'm going to give you some, though, because some of it's been made public. Um, but, but let me tell you this, that in the, in the well over 30 years that I've been, well, 29, I guess, uh, years that I've been working in this industry now, I have never seen Microsoft as committed to accessibility that I have now. Um, the level of engagement that they were doing with us was simply outstanding. They were listening, they were asking really hard questions, and we were giving them hard answers. And then we would give them hard questions, and they were giving us hard and truthful answers. It was, it was outstanding, and it, it really showed a level of commitment that we haven't seen in a very, very long time. Uh, 
if those of you who are on Twitter and follow the MSFT Enable account will know that Microsoft has recently published a number of blog posts concerning the accessibility roadmap for this year. There's a lot going on in this space, including major updates to Narrator that are coming, including uh, lots of keyboard changes and, and uh, improvements in, in speed and reliability. Lots of changes that if you're a Windows 10 user that we're already seeing in the Windows Mail client. They've committed that Windows, uh, the Edge browser will be accessible using Narrator and other AT products. They weren't specific about that yet. By the end of 2016, this is all public knowledge and available in their blog posts. How many of you are Office users? So Word, Excel, PowerPoint. Yep, very good. Well, for you one Mac person, <laughs> don't worry. You're, you're very much loved, though. <laughs> yeah, you feel the love. Um, you, uh, you will know that, uh, or well, you may, you may not know this, but Office 365 is now accessible on the Mac. So, so this is really, really great news, especially in education sectors and, and people who are on the Mac platform. They, they're, you know, that, that's a huge step. So if you're using VoiceOver, then you should be able to use Word, Excel, PowerPoint, even Outlook on the Mac. Now, Microsoft is, con is continuing to focus in this area to improve table navigation and a number of other things, but they're working really, really hard on this. Uh, they're, they're, um, they are also working on that as well, and there'll be improvements in this space as well. There, if, there's a blog post up on Microsoft's website that talks specifically about that, the iOS platform, and they're bringing a lot of the technologies that are in the desktop applications to the iOS platform as well. Um, so they're, in, they're improving the accessibility in Windows as well. One of the key things that they're doing is they're improving the authoring capability of Microsoft Word, Excel, and PowerPoint for those people that need to make sure that they're developing accessible documentation. How many of you get PDFs that are not marked up correctly? Yeah, really, really bad. One of the key things that they're doing is that they are ensuring that PDF accessibility is greatly improved when exported out of Word. So that's really exciting for later this year. The most important thing that I want to share with you that we learned at the Accessibility Summit here and that they wanted us to share with you is that it's vitally important that if you want the greatest level of accessibility improvements from Microsoft, that you get on Office 365. So right now you can buy Office as a desktop or a box product, go down to Best Buy and purchase it, uh, or you, you can buy Office 365 online. If you buy it online, then you will get monthly updates to the products, and they are aggressively improving accessibility every month. We're involved on monthly uh, conference calls, and by the way, if any of you are, are power users of Office and would love to be able to get involved in uh, serving on the Microsoft Outlook uh, monthly calls, as well as other products that we're discussing this month. We're going to be doing OneDrive for business and OneDrive for consumer. Um, get in touch with me, and we can get you hooked up. Microsoft is looking for more people that could provide valuable feedback to them. 
So if you're interested, I'll give you my contact information at the end here. Um, suffice it to say, they're, they're really doing great things, and there's a lot more detail on the Microsoft blogs, and there's a lot more detail in our uh, Microsoft partnership documentation, of course, that we cannot share with you, but uh, I, will, I can tell you this, that the future is bright as far as Microsoft accessibility is concerned. At least that's what's been promised. So keep an eye on this, and we'll keep you up to date. We'll have an update for you at the convention, and I do believe that Microsoft will be at the convention, both talking to us as well as doing some focus groups as well. So that's really exciting times. Now, I'd like to uh, now talk a little bit, little bit about something that's near and dear to my heart, and it's something that I talked about when I ran for the board, and it's something that I'm continuing to see throughout the organization as I work with a number of affiliates, and um, it's, it's, I want to I issue you a challenge. You know, when I uh, sat down with Brian and, and Debbie Hazelton when, when we recorded the Affiliates in Action show for February, when we talked all about your affiliate, I learned a lot about the affiliate. You know, you guys are doing good stuff. Well, you guys are, are, are pretty amazing people. And, uh, and you should really, really be proud of yourselves. This affiliate is really strong, and you have great leaders to support you, but you also are great people in your own, in your own right as well, because that, that, you know, an affiliate is, is, is made up of all of you. And as uh, I'm, I'm working around the uh, organization, and, in, and even in my home state, a lot of our affiliates struggle in some key areas. In fact, I, I can safely say that there's always areas where every affiliate is not necessarily as strong as it could be. So what I want to encourage all of you is, look where you're strong and reach out to the rest of the organization as much as you can because we need to build each other up. It's important that, that we do that. It's, it's great that, that you're doing such great things, but share it. You know, do as much as you can to get involved in all aspects of the organization. And most importantly, though, if you see a weakness, don't be afraid to ask for help because we're here to do that. We're here to help you. And, you know, we have a lot of really great people. Uh, I, I serve on a number of committees, and it amazes me the talent that's in this organization. And if there's, if there's something out there, that you need help with, just reach out, and, and we're happy to do what we can to, to, to help you. ACB is all about all of us, and it's important that we all build each other up and make each other stronger. And uh, I hope that, I hope that uh, you can reach out to all of us, and we can reach back to you to make your affiliate even stronger. The future is bright in ACP. We have a lot of really great things happening and a lot more that we'll be able to talk about later this year. But I will definitely tell you that we have a lot of really great leadership at the head of the helm of the ship, and it's being uh, steered very, very well. I wanted to open it up for questions. I have about what, four minutes left here. Thank you. Hey, Jeff, it's Jim Enum. Hi there. Thank you very much. for. First of all, thank you very much for coming and speaking to us. Appreciate sure. it. Um, 
not to get too techie here, but just the, on the Office 365 <laughs> sure. thing, um, we use Office 365 at Perkins. Okay. Uh, we're starting to go in that direction. Yeah. And there's two ways you can go with Office 365. You can right. basically use their online version, which is you're basically using through a web browser. Or when you sign into your Office 365 account, you can basically download a version of Office to your local workstation. Right. And we are encouraging people right now to do the latter uh, because we found you know, the online is, is the web browser and you're basically you're doing your word processing, whatever. Mm-hmm. So is there any guidance from Microsoft as to which version they want people to be using? Yeah. The, the most accessible experience right now is on the desktop. Okay. So you're doing the right thing in having people sign in and download the software and installing it. Just make sure that they're linking their Office 365 account in the application, in the software itself, so that they are, they're getting automatic updates. In fact, you can check that. It, it's uh, on the account tab of, of uh, the ribbon. They can, they can do that. And then they'll get updates pushed to them automatically. Now, I will, let me warn you about something, and that is that, of course, there's always this scary thing about oh my gosh, what if they push an update that's not compatible with JAWS, right? That's the fear, right? And we brought this up to them, and they have assured us that they're working with the AT vendors. So um, they can roll, they, you can call the Microsoft Answer Desk that's, that's uh, specifically designed for people with disabilities, and they, they actually can um, take you back a version if it's required. So if that were to happen, then you can get back to a good place. They're really great, by the way. Uh, this is uh, Jerry Barrier with more of a comment, I guess, than a question. Sure. I'd be interested to hear your response. I think it's great, and I'm happy to hear that Microsoft is stepping up to the plate, but my experience has been that over the past several years, Microsoft products and a lot of other things in the area of accessibility have taken more steps backward than they have forward. Um, yeah, exactly. And Microsoft Office in particular, um, if I want to really do something easily, I go back to Microsoft either 2010 or maybe 2013. Yep. Yep. But there, are, it, it, would be a mis, it would be a misstatement to say that Microsoft Office is highly accessible at this point. No, I, uh, I, I would agree with that. Yeah. <clears throat> and, and the thing that I'll tell you is that we have gotten the attention of – Satya Nadella, the president of Microsoft. Yes, and, and, we, and accessibility is, is really being seen at the highest levels within Microsoft. And the commitment throughout the organization and the number of people that they're hiring. Jenny Leif uh, Fleury is the new head of accessibility at Microsoft. And that is a woman I would not want to mess with. And that's in a good way, all right? She is a fireball on, on accessibility. And that woman, you don't want to get in her way. She is outstanding, absolutely outstanding. And, uh, you know, I, I understand the, the hesitancy in um, having a bit of, of concern about, you know, are you going to do it right this time? Of course. But don't worry. We're holding Microsoft's feet to the fire. Uh, I have a question. Um, my name is Ann Donna. I'm... I just have a question about the structured negotiations with Weight Watchers, um, and the reason I'm asking is because I had some I had some problems since they started the new program with the yep. 2,000 um, 
15 in November, they, they yeah they changed their website. Upgraded their, yeah. Yeah. And and I went on the um, mobile mobile weightwatchers.com website, and I mean I think some of the cited members have been having trouble, and I don't want to say yay, but I mean. I mean, <laughs> I mean, people have been sort of remarking about that, but it, um, so it's been harder to do some of the assessment tools and yep. some of the other things, and it still seems to be a little bit unwieldy. So yeah, we are well aware of this. Okay, and uh, I, I, I can, yes. Thank you. Okay. Um, Weight Watchers is not Jeff's area of expertise. So I, I have right. been following up with the Weight Watcher issues for the last six months. Um, the accessibility that we got in 2013 and 2014 pretty much did fly out the window. They redesigned their website and it completely changed and even their CEO was was apologizing to all of their members that the website had challenges. So it had challenges for sighted people as well. So we have been in communication with Weight Watchers. We unfortunately may need to go back into structured negotiation to get this solved. It is serious. It isn't you. It isn't any blind person who thinks, oh, my God, what am I doing wrong? It's not. It's, it is absolutely the Weight Watchers website. And we've had, you know, a complete 180 on, on accessibility, unfortunately, with that case because they just redesigned it all out the window. So, so we're working on it. Thank you, Kim. Is there time for one more question? One more, but only one more. Hi, this is Rose. Um, you mentioned the accessibility for Microsoft's um, <coughs> uh, group. What is the telephone number for that, for those that are not aware of it? Um, <clears throat> okay, I, 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 have it on my, I have it in my phone. I just don't have it memorized. Okay. Well, listen, I want to thank all of you for uh, allowing me to speak to you this morning. And I hope to see a lot of you in, in Minnesota, and we'll have a lot more updates for you then. And, uh, yeah, just have a great convention, everybody. All right, next item of business on the agenda is reports from our three committee chairs. So I would ask the three committee chairs for constitution and bylaws, resolutions, and nominating to come up to the front table here to my, my right, your left. While that's going on, I want to tell you a couple of, a couple of things. One is... Bay State is very much involved in what happens on the national level, not just because Kim Charlson's the president, though that don't, that don't hurt. Uh, but many Bay State members are involved in things on the national level. Uh, Rick and I serve on this same committee that Jeff was speaking about, dealing with Microsoft settlement. And as you know, because you've known me for most of my adult life, um, I'm very concerned about people learning to do these things. It's perfectly fine for things to get better, but somewhere in the process, people have to learn how to use them, don't they? It's not just a matter of buying it. It's a matter of learning how to use it effectively. So you can imagine that when it was my turn to speak in those meetings, I was all about the transition. It used to be that we could settle for a screen reader 
a word processor, an email client. But ladies and gentlemen, those are the days of old, when knights were bold. And I won't go any farther on that one. But the fact of the matter is, it's getting harder and harder for everybody to use a single web browser, for everybody to use a single screen reader, for everybody to use only one way to get the job done. It simply doesn't work that way in our day and age. So we really need to keep on top of things. We need to individually and collectively advocate for not only accessible products, but access to those products. I always say you need to know three things. What's available? Where can I get it? How can I learn to use it? You need all three of those things or you're dead in the water. Dead in the water. And ACB has been very, very much involved in this whole process. So I want now to turn to the three chairs. These are chairs. Of, there are kinds of committees where you establish them, and they do their work between conventions. And then there are those committees that work especially approaching to and in the convention. And these are the three committee chairs that are associated in that latter category. I want to start by asking uh, Chris Devon if he'd step forward and tell us the status of the Constitution and Bylaws Committees and first readings if there are any proposed amendments. Okay. Hello. How's it going? Okay. <laughs> All right. Um, this year, we really don't have anything that we have brought forward for Constitution and Bylaws, and there's a couple of reasons for that. The first reason is, as Brian outlined earlier this morning, we've had a lot of um, changes on the board. A couple of new members came on, a couple went off, and obviously we lost Marsha, etc. And what that meant was that a lot of the committee work that was being done got a little delayed because people were changing their roles and different other things were happening. It was a very busy year. doesn't mean we didn't do anything in Bay State Council, but some things maybe got behind schedule. And... Steve Dresser and I, he's another one of my committee members, we were talking and we said, well, we'd like to know before we codify the way the committees are going to work and how, what we want to put in the Constitution about them, we want to know how they're actually working, how many members there are in certain committees and what's going on. And we realized as we talked about it that there was no real way to do that right now because some committees uh, really haven't been formed fully some uh, are are going you know great guns like david's social committee and so forth and you know they're all in different stages membership needs work etc cetera, etc cetera. so we're steve and i are planning first the first half of the year we're looking at the next year in a in a two stage process the first half of the year will be when the committees are going to be organized the new board will be in in place the committees will be populated um i know that uh, Marsha was very good, and Brian uh, I'm, or whoever is president next would also be good at bringing people onto those committees in a timely fashion. Let the committees have the summer to get themselves organized, and Steve and I have promised that in September we are going to meet and with anybody else who also wants to be on the committee, and we'll get to that in a minute, and figure out where the committees are, get our questions answered, and then try to codify some of this for next year so that somebody looking at our Constitution will know how things are actually working rather than just theoretically working. And that is our goal for next year. It was for last year, but again, this is a very unstable year, which uh, 
could not be helped. It was just a year of a lot of changes, and and that's the way it is in some organizations. Some years are years of um, you know change, and other years you can move forward, and that's kind of what where we were. The second thing is, if you're interested in being on the Constitution and Bylaws Committee, get in touch with me. My number is in the back of the program, as are all the board uh, members' numbers. Um, uh, you can get my email uh, from, you know, if that's around, that's available. So you, those kinds of things are in bay lines, et cetera. So get in touch. And if you're, you want to be a wordsmith, it's not something you go into with saying, oh, this is going to be fun. It's, it's not fun. It's, it's hard and it's detail oriented and you have to have a good imagination. Well, will this be clear or will this be interpreted to mean X, Y, or Z? Those things happen and you have to be, have a good imagination, but be a wordsmith. So those are the kinds of people we would like on the committee. And, um, if you are interested, get in touch with me, let Brian know or who the president, whoever the president may be uh, in the few hours because they'll be populating the committee, and we have not, of course, had our elections yet, and let that person know, and uh, we will move forward and try for next year to have uh, some of this stuff more codified so that we know what we're doing and everybody can look at our Constitution and know what happens in our organization or at least what's supposed to happen. Okay, that's it. Thank you. Thank you, Chris. All right. So, again, as you hear, there are opportunities to serve BSCB in a variety of capacities, and one of those is on committees. And while this might be, for some, a real yawner, you know, it's these rules that establish how we maintain what I always thought of as the balance between hearing everybody's voice and moving forward based on the majority voice in the process. Next committee chair, Mr. Bob Hache, resolutions chair for first reading of a resolution. Quick note, Brian's holding my cane. I mistakenly took Brian's cane last night, and he was telling people, yes, he, he was telling people, I, I was offered a ride home. I grabbed a cane quick. I guess they were both next to each other on the table. Didn't need it on the way home. Had Jim on his arm, and then you get out at your home. You don't need it there. Didn't notice it till this morning. And then I heard Brian was telling everybody that his cane grew. So, <laughs> All right. Uh, we have one resolution this year. I will thank my committee when we do this. This is just the reading. There's no discussions. And just point of information here, there are Braille and large print copies of this resolution in the back of the room. Okay. Resolution 2016-01. Categorical services for people who are blind and visually impaired. Whereas, since 1906, vocational rehabilitation and social services have been provided to blind and visually impaired residents of the Commonwealth of Massachusetts by a, mass, by a commission for the blind, and whereas this arrangement allows for direct consumer input by means of a governor-appointed rehabilitation council and Whereas effective rehabilitation, effective rehabilitation of blind and visually impaired persons requires a unique set of skills training in areas such as orientation and mobility, managing activities of daily living, braille, assistive technology, and incidental learning, and whereas studies by Mississippi State University 
have proven that the most effective vocational rehabilitation and social services are provided by categorical service agencies which specialize in these unique skills areas and whereas Governor Charles Baker, who in 1996 wrote a paper that recommended that services provided by a number of disability agencies be merged so as to provide these services more efficiently, is now considering the combining of disability agencies, including the Massachusetts Commission for the Blind, the Massachusetts Rehabilitation Commission, and the Massachusetts Commission for the Deaf and Hard of Hearing, and whereas the Bay State Council of the Blind, BSCB, is concerned that this type of merging will diminish both the service level currently provided by our Massachusetts Commission for the Blind and the opportunity for direct consumer input afforded by the Rehabilitation Council. Now, therefore, be it resolved that the Bay State Council of the Blind BSCB believes that vocational rehabilitation and social services should be continued to be provided to blind and visually impaired residents of the Commonwealth by a separate and distinct commission for the blind and be it further resolved that BSCB is strongly opposed to any attempts by the governor or the legislature to combine any of the direct service budget line items of the Massachusetts Commission for the Blind with items of other agencies. And that's the end. We'll be back this afternoon for a reading and consideration. Thank you. All right, that leaves us with one last committee chair to report today, and that's Deanne Elliott, the chair of our nominating committee. Deanne? Thank you. A little logistically challenged here. <laughs> it's my pleasure to be able to present to you the slate of candidates for the BSCB board for the 2016-2017 year. First, I wanted to thank the members of the nominating committee. They are Rick Swan, representing the South Shore chapter. Carl Richardson, representing the Charles River chapter. Steve Dresser, representing the North Shore. Ann Donna, representing Guide Dog Users of Massachusetts. Lena Coral, representing Bay State Youth. And Cheryl Cummings, uh, representing our at-large members. So thank you very much to that committee. As Chris mentioned, this was a year of transition for the BSCB because in the fall we lost our dear friend and president, Marcia Dresser. Um, to adjust to that vacancy, I won't say to fill her shoes because no one can truly replace Marcia, but there was an administrative vacancy that needed to be addressed. So many of our board members sort of shifted up one position. Brian Charlson had been the first vice president, so he generously moved into um, the president's position, which we were grateful for. 
and then David Kingsbury, second vice president, moved into the position of first vice president. Chris Devon had been on our director board as um, a rank-and-file member. We call them directors. And he moved into the second vice president position. And then uh, Jim Denham moved into the director position um, in September or October, I believe, and has been serving in that capacity. As many of you know, we have an 11-member board. There are two ex officio members. That is the uh, webmaster and also the editor of Baylines. And then we have a nine-member board, which consists of five officers, which are the ones that we are electing today, the president, first and second vice president, treasurer and secretary. And then we have the four regular board members that we call directors. And each director and each officer serves a two-year term. And it's our tradition to elect the officers during the even-numbered years, which would be this year, and our uh, regular board members during the odd-numbered years, which would be next year. So this year, our task is to fill the five officer positions as well as the one position in, uh, for the director that um, will be up for election next year but is the sort of one-year position that Jim Denham was filling. So um, I don't want to go on too long. I know we need to be mindful of our, our time, but I did want to briefly um, highlight a couple of, of points that the nominating committee um, considered when choosing the slate of candidates. Um, the first is that I think it really speaks very well of the current board that they were able to do as much this year as they did because the loss of a president for any organization is a trauma. And it should not be taken for granted that the board did not um, devolve into chaos. So the fact that we're here, we're having a conference, that uh, many good things happened in November, and that um, committees have been moving along really speaks very well of this board's ability to work together. And we wanted to uh, be mindful of that as we chose the officers for the coming year and um, perhaps give them a moment to consolidate and to um, move forward knowing that they worked together as well as they did. Um, secondly, we also acknowledge that our organization, like many other organizations, have over the years fallen into some patterns. So you will notice that of an 11-member board, we have 10 men. Um, you will also notice we have um, a strong representation. We're very uh, lucky to have a lot of people with strong technology skills. We are a little bit lighter on the legislative side, um, and there are some viewpoints and perspectives, uh, women, mothers, people of color, that are um, not as representative in the board as they are in our general membership. So we wanted to balance those two things. And then the last point is that every single member of this board is good. So it's not like there was anyone who was not, um, not doing their, their work. So it was a challenge. It was, a, it was actually a harder challenge than I had expected when I told Brian I would do this. <laughs> um, that being said, I, I would like to uh, read to you the list of the nominees that we have for this afternoon's election. Uh, for president, we are nominating Brian Charlson. Um, Brian had served previously as president back in the 1990s, but it has been several years since he last served as president, and he is eligible to serve again. For first vice president, we are nominating David Kingsbury to continue in that position. 
for second vice president, uh, we are nominating Frank Ventura, who is currently serving as a director, so he'll be moving into an officer position. For secretary, we are nominating Jerry Barrier to continue. For treasurer, Rick Morin, which would be a continuation of his position as well. For the director position, we um, are nominating Jim Denham in the hope that he can continue for... Oh, I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> for, for the director position, we are recommending that Jim Denham continue um, in his current position to fill out that term that he has um, started. And then the, the, elect the four director positions will all become available uh, next year. And then for the position that would be vacated on the director board, should Frank Ventura move up into the um, position of second vice president, we wanted to nominate Rose Miller. Uh, many of you know Rose. She's been active in the BSCB for about 10 years. She works in the attorney general's office. So she brings a nice balance, we think, to, um, she gives us some perhaps legislative experience. And she's also a mom with a daughter at home, and she's really active with her daughter's school. So we thought that um, that perhaps was a board that satisfied the various um, priorities that our, that our group had. So um, there is also, of course, an opportunity for anyone who is interested to run from the floor. So please consider it. Um, this is an opportunity where we'd like to hear from, from everyone. So thank you. Some pretty good chairs of committees, wouldn't you say? They take their work seriously on your behalf. As you heard, there will be this afternoon a second reading and debate on the, on the resolution, and we will be holding elections. Now, there's a process in many organizations, and I suggest that we take them a moment today to take on that process here as well, of what are called orders of the day. When you conduct debates and all that kind of stuff, the time to set the rules is not in the heat of the debate, <laughs> right? It's before you get started in all of that. So I would like to suggest to you the following orders of the day, and this will require a motion from the floor to adopt. When it comes to debate on resolutions and bylaws, even though we don't have those this year, but resolutions, I propose the following rules. One is there'll be the reading, the second reading of the resolution, followed by a period of debate not to exceed 10 minutes. During those 10 minutes, the maker of the motion to adopt will begin speaking on the affirmative. We will alternate between affirmative and negative, allowing two minutes per speaker maximum. Once there is not an opposing view, that is if we go from affirmative to negative to affirmative and there's not another negative speaker, whether the 10 minutes have expired or not, debate will end. That way everybody gets a chance to speak who wants to speak, but we're not sitting here for 10 minutes. That's the rules relative to the process for debating the resolution. When it comes to elections, 
We will elect, starting with the highest office, as were reported by the committee, from the president on down. There will, the, because I'm running for re-election and I'll be the presiding officer as the Constitution requires, I'll turn the podium over to my first vice president, David Kingsbury, for the electing of the president. Once that's done, I'll resume being chair, going through the balance of the elections. During elections, there will be calls for nominations from the floor. If there are more than one candidate for an office, then each candidate is going to be provided with four total minutes for speaking on their behalf. They may do that speaking on their own behalf or may divide it up between two individuals. They needn't speak for themselves. They can have others do it. But the total number of minutes per candidate, four. Lastly, if you run for an office and are defeated and then run for a subsequent office because you've already had speakers, you will not have speakers again. This will allow us to have sufficient time to complete voting business of this organization today when we have our highest level of, atten of atten uh, attendance. Pardon me. So that is my proposal. Do I hear a motion from the floor? I hear a motion to accept. Is there a second? Second. Is there any debate? Hearing none, all those in favor signify by saying aye. 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 All those opposed, no. Very good. So those are now the orders of the day. And I'd like to now turn the microphone back to our convention coordinator to introduce the next part of our program today. Frank? Will Mr. Charles Crawford and Ms. Kathy Devon approach the podium? Okay. Thank you very much, everyone. Now we've got some business out of the way. We're going to have a little bit of fun. This is the 40th year of BSCB and keeping our theme about yesterday, today and the future we have a wonderful panel today who are actually part of the founding of our organization so I'm going to introduce them uh, in order, and I'm not going to say much about them because they will tell you the story all by themselves and the story is quite fascinating so we have Mr. Charles Crawford, Mr. Uh, Chris Devon and Ms. Kathy Devon and they're making their way up here You're listening to ACB Radio Live Event the Bay State Council of the Blind annual convention from the Burlington Marriott in Burlington, Massachusetts, just outside of Boston. Kathy, you, want to, you can sit next to me if you want to sit next to me, but there's three seats to the right of the podium. Okay, I'll slide on over. I just want to comment uh, very briefly on the presentation that Mr. Bishop gave, Jeff Bishop gave. I thought he did an absolutely spectacular job. No, no, you're really summarized uh, all of the major things that ACB has there undertaken is. of late, and he did a great, great job. So congratulations, Jeff. Oh, good. Oh, good. So that way. I'll speak into this one. Yeah. Okay. I am going to start. I am. Okay. Char oh, okay. All right. Okay, that's the opposite of what usually happens around here. Okay, we're going to start now. Um, I liked the title of this, uh, this, this part of the program, BSCB Through the Years, and I don't see Kenny Rogers here, so apparently he's not going to sing, so I guess we're going to have to talk. So anyway, and um, also the subtitle of the program is, of course, uh, 
you know, that the three of us are up here, Kathy, Charlie, and I. So it's uh, Kathy and her two husbands. Because Charlie and Kathy were married from 1973 to 79, and Kathy and I are now married. So, if, well, <laughs> the, the, other, the, the other two are in Canada. So. The other two are in Canada. So, let's go back to 1976. Wait a minute. Get, you're not ready for the time machine, guys. You're gonna, all right. 1976. Now, I, I didn't look anything up because somebody at work one day a few weeks ago said, before there was Google, there was Chris. So, so anyway, let's talk about 1976, specifically uh, June 27th, 1976, which was the founding day of Bay State Council at the Lenox Hotel. And uh, what, we had a convention later that year, but this was just to get things off the ground. So it happened to be, uh, I hadn't thought about this before, it was Helen Keller's, uh, would have been her 96th birthday that day. So that's kind of auspicious. Um, the bicentennial was a week away, 4th of July of 1976. Um, the champion, you know I'd get the sports angles in. The champions at this time were the Celtics. They had just won the title. The Montreal Canadiens, the Cincinnati Reds, and the Pittsburgh Steelers. And of course, Jerry Ford was president, and he was going to uh, later uh, be in a contest with Jimmy Carter, that Jimmy Carter won that November. Um, some of the songs that were out at the time, were uh, Mamma Mia, that's when it was out. You know, you're always hearing about the musical. Well, that's Mamma Mia, that's when it was out by ABBA. Um, Afternoon Delight by the Starland Vocal Band. <laughs> and then Someone's Knocking at the Door, Somebody Ringing a Bell by Paul McCartney. And Moonlight Feels Right by Starbuck before they were a coffee uh, company. <laughs> but to get to 1976, we have to go a little further back to 1971. Because the organization really got started in 1971, and Charlie and Kathy will take you through a lot of that. Um, and Charlie, why don't you come here and uh, move over to in front of where I'm standing? I'll switch with you. Stand up. <laughs> no, he can sit. Down. You can. Oh, well, I'm, yeah, he'll stand up. He, he's not that old yet. All right. Yeah. We'll we'll sh we'll share this microphone, and then the woman who's been married to both of us gets her own microphone. <laughs> right. So anyway, that's what yeah, that's right. So, Charlie and Kathy, it all began uh, in 1971 with some help from Mass Association of the Blind, didn't it? That's right. When my dog was under a seat and growled at Rhoda. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> okay, Charlie. Oh, I'm sorry. Let me, uh, if I can. Yeah. I can get closer. Yeah, there's the mic right there. Okay. You mean now? Is that all right? Can you, yeah. Have you got your phone? Yeah. Okay. Go here and now. All right. Go ahead. <laughs> all right. I said that, um, yeah, it all began back then when. My dog Patsy, under a chair, growled at Susan, I mean, Cass's dog, Rhoda. So <laughs> that was an auspicious beginning. Right. Um, but the, uh, the fact is that we did, at, the, at that point, um, we had met as a social organization and people getting together and all that. And, and Jim Volk, who was a vocational rehab counselor back at the uh, Mass Association for the Blind, pulled me into his office one day and said, you know, you ran for president. And... Um, and, uh, you know, you said a lot of nice things. You haven't done anything yet. So how about doing something to make, you know, the words match what you're actually doing? And uh, so that was my uh, lesson in Get It Together, Charlie. And so we started moving with the Blind Leadership Club. And I think, Kathy, may want to fill in some stuff there? Yeah. Um, it's really kind of, I was thinking about it uh, so many years later <laughs> and how far we've come in many ways. We worked with tape recorders. Yeah. 
cassette recorders, reel-to-reel recorders, braille writers, and Slayton styluses. It, that's going way back. And uh, little did we know about all the technology that was going to come rolling down the pipe. Um, and I'm kind of dragged into technology, kicking and screaming. I really am. I'm one of these ex-hippies, I guess. But <laughs> anyway, we all have to get into it. But anyway, um, so the blind leadership started off with a lot of people who knew each other because they went to Perkins. And so we had a network that I don't know, I think the students today have a different kind of network, but a lot of us had gone to school together. So one, Phyllis Mitchell, who is no longer with us, um, Marlena Lieberg, uh, who was then Donna Vino, but anyway, um, she, was, she was there, and Karen uh, Crowder, who's in this room, and Bonnie Adams, who's in this room, and anybody else in the room? I don't want to forget anybody that was there in those old days. I think that's it for the old days. Didn't think those so. Old days. Chris no, huh? not yet. We didn't come till 72. So um, us all time. No, the old timers. We started in, in 71. Right. And I'll leave, some, I'll leave some time at the end for Bonnie or Karen, who, if they want to say anything that I miss. Karen and Bonnie. Karen and Bonnie. And And I'll give them a chance to talk when I'm done. Um, So we we got together uh, at the Mass Association Association of the Blind, and we started to talk, and then Charlie came. And Richie Downs was another one of the members. uh, uh, Eddie Lowney, let's see. Um, Ron Hicks. Ron Hicks, yeah. So many... Folks, but we all sort of Ralph Antonetti, who is no longer with us, um, and then we all started to bring our friends and tell our friends about it. And the coolest thing that we used to do was every time after we had a mini, we'd all go off and do a social thing, like go out and have drinks or go to dinner or somebody to have a party at their house, you know. So it was a whole Saturday event, and a lot of the committees would meet in people's living rooms. I remember Charlie uh, and and. Uh, uh, Bonnie, and then later on, Chris uh, and Donna um, started doing the with a braille writer, <laughs> writing out the Constitution and the bylaws. And we had all these committees, and some of them were serious. We had a Ways and Means Committee that was a fundraising, and just like it is now, we that's the Achilles' heel, I think, of most of us. But we did have a Ways and Means Committee. We had a Music Committee. The music committee used to go and sing at nursing homes and uh, um, hospitals and stuff like that, and that continued for a number of years. A lot of us were unemployed, so we had a lot of time to have music committee meetings and all these different meetings, in, in, as I said, in people's living rooms mostly. Um, and, and it kept on going like that because one of the major concerns, uh, the French say the more things change, the more they remain the same. We had some of the same things, employment, legislation, um, the, the, the transportation, all of those things. Um, and it's kind of interesting how some of it has evolved. And um, None of us used a ride back then, for example. Um, but we wanted, we began to explore, and then I'm going to turn this back to Charlie and Chris, um, and then leave some time at the end for Bonnie and Karen if they want to jump in here too. But 
a lot of work went into it from on people's kitchen tables and people's living rooms and you know whatever and we um, began to explore the different options we had and I'm going to turn it over to Charlie because then coming into 1972 and 73 we explored the different we decided we needed to go national we needed some help we needed a lot of things and I'm going to turn it over now back to Chris and Charlie Okay, so uh, let me get here with the mic. So um, what we had to do as an organization, I wasn't there yet, but what needed to be done was to decide what kind of an organization we were going to be. And it was clear it was going to be a political organization. Everybody's concerned about unemployment and all that stuff. But who were we going to affiliate with? And so Charlie took himself and a couple other people to Pittsfield. Frank Pacheco. Frank Pacheco. And then you can well, – he's going to in a second. This is why – she was married to both of us, you know. <laughs> this is why this panel is, is very interesting. All right. So Charlie's going to talk about that right now. Thank you, Kathy. <laughs> Thank you, Kathy. <laughs> Thanks, Chris. Uh, see, this thing is worried. Yeah, right, right there. Yeah, where, where? Right, right. What's the problem is blindness thing, you know? There, there, there we go. All right. Okay, I guess you guys can hear me now. Um, we took a trip to Pittsfield, Massachusetts. Doesn't everybody want to go there? Um, <laughs> Anyway, there was an NFB convention back then, and, um, and Terry Pacheco and Frank Pacheco and myself went out to, uh, to Pittsfield, and um, we attended that to see what was going on, and um, there was a resolution they had. I can't even remember what the resolution was, but there was a fundamental disagreement between us and NFB at the time with regards to the, to the um, resolution at, at, at hand because uh, we were arguing for coalition, and they were arguing for more um, do it themselves kind of thing. So anyway, uh, we came back to Boston and then we um, fortunately had the ability to meet with um, Derwood K. McDaniel, I'm sure some of you may know. And uh, he came and he talked in his usual very slow way <laughs> and spent a while talking about the history of ACB and how it had it formed um, uh, and, and the ideals of the organization being basically uh, the individual was important. Working within the system is important. Uh, making sure you have uh, good outcomes with uh, participation of all involved was very important. And that kind of energy and vision um, really became the, uh, the incorporated part of blind leadership that I thought was so wonderful and moved the organization incredibly fast into the future as well as uh, I believe it's seen in this organization as we all came together. Okay, Chris, you're on. All right. So... What happened was uh, there were some other highlights of blind leadership. We're talking, again, Blind Leadership Club was the name of our organization. It's only service. So, well, yes, we're <laughs> going to mention that. I'm going to go through some of these. Um, uh, Rick and I, Rick Swan and I came to our first meeting in July of 1972, and we joined. Um, the, blind, the president, I think at that time, might have been, um, been Marlena, a.k.a. Donna. Um, I'm not sure. Anyway, the presidents were at, at various points. And I, because we, we only had one-year terms. So the pre presidents were uh, Charlie, Donna, uh, Phyllis, and me for the, like, the first five or six years of yeah. blind leadership. And we went back and forth and so forth. Just one-year terms, we'd have our elections in, in June. Um, some of the things that we did, we had a radio show. Well, we have a radio show now. Mm -hmm. And it was, uh, it was called Sound Service. And it was on it's starting in January of uh, 73 until January of 76. Right. And uh, Frank Shiner was involved in that. He was our producer. 
He had uh, taken his communications courses at Emerson, and he was very good at that. A lot of interviews were done by Charlie, by me, uh, uh, Ann and Linda, uh, Ann and Strizulo and Linda Gwizdak, uh, Phyllis Mitchell, Don, uh, Marlena, a.k.a. Donna, did some. Uh, I don't think you did any. Did you, Kath? Okay, so then Kathy. So anybody who had an idea for a show, and we, these shows were on WBUR. I mean, this wasn't uh, small time. This was on WBUR every Monday night, every Monday night at 9 mm-hmm. o'clock. And so that was pretty good. Um, we also had a committee of employment of the handicapped now. That's what Charlie <laughs> said. We had to stress the now because we knew that uh, unemployment was rampant. You know, again, the 70% or whatever it is, and we ended up having a demonstration on the common yeah. on a very rainy April 1st of 1973 with about 10 people there. And well, I'll tell you, one of the people who was there, and you guys might remember her name because she used to be a longtime caller to the Lavelle Diet Show, Vivian Thompson was there. Yes. And she, uh, she was really into it. Great, great woman. And then um, we did our music. Kathy mentioned our music committee before. Well, what did we do? We went on community auditions. Star of the day, who will it be? Yeah, and we should have won. <laughs> I don't think we should have. The other guy was better than us. I think. But anyway, we were on community auditions, and that was fun. We went for the taping there. And uh, our song Put was... Put your hand in the hand of the man who filled the waters. <laughs> well... That afternoon, I guess everybody had done that. We went at night, see, so people were kind of already tired of that, I guess. So anyhow, so we did that. We had a 50s show. Uh, we all got together, the music committee and others in the organization. Uh, we did a 50s show. We raised some money. Uh, had it at the, uh, uh, which high school was that at? Do you remember? It was, the 50s show was at a club, and then the, and I yeah, forget I which club remember. it was. Okay. Um, um, Larry Glick, know. whom you guys may remember, um, Phyllis Got Friendly was his, with his uh, then wife Patricia and she it was it was a club and I can't think of the name of it, but then the talent show we did talent shows after that at the Brighton High. Brighton High, yeah. And, and the one and we to were going to do one That's in right. February and uh, we got snowed out. Right. And then we had to set it up again. Right. But um, and then we had oh we had cake sales and we had a. Selling raffle tickets in front of Ken Sokopli. Yep, yep. That's right. It sold raffle tickets. And then we had. Um, we I did was, uh, calendars. We, we did sold, calendars, we yep. Calendars. And then the Irish drama group. They were an Irish group, and I was sort of getting into my roots here. And um, Anyway, they, would do, they had a play that they would go around and do, and we did that at uh, Brighton High as well. So we, um, we were young kids with a lot of energy, and I don't know how we did all the meetings that we did. So, but, um, but times, we did. Needed, yeah, but times needed to change because we were not a statewide organization. We had about 30 people all in the Boston area, and uh, again, pretty much between 18 and 25, 28 years old. That's about our, our demographic. That's what we were, and we needed to broaden out. And we got very lucky because into Massachusetts in the fall of 75 to be a fellow at Harvard came Otis Stevens. And Otis was, of course, to be a future president of ACB, mm-hmm. but he was also a great guy, and reached out to us, found out that we were around, came to our meetings, talked to us, got to know us. So we, we got to know him and his family. And he said, well, you guys, you know, you're doing great stuff here, all this, these things and these uh, activities, but you need to branch out. We need to get some of the older people involved and, and uh, you know, kind of what, um, what was discussed about, you know, uh, diversity, et cetera, that uh, Deanna brought up. So well, 
you know, uh, let me see if I can do something. Let me see if I can get some, in touch with some people. And he did. He got in touch with the, through his blind lawyers group that he was in for ACB. He got in touch with some people. And so that's when we decided to become Bay State Council of the Blind because we were going to be need a new name, need a new identity, and so forth. So we needed to write a constitution, and we did this. And we'll get back to the Celtics just for a minute because <laughs> the Celtics won the championship on June 6th of 1976. They, and I was living down the hall from Charlie and Kathy. And we had a constitution meeting on a Sunday afternoon while this basketball game was going on. Well, not to be... You, you guys know how well that went over with me. But I was able, since I was uh, right down the hall, to turn on my good old Sony 105 tape recorder and record the fourth quarter of the game. So I then went back and listened to it after the meeting. But on the Constitution Committee, uh, we had Charlie, uh, Phyllis Mitchell, as we mentioned. I think Marlena was on it. Uh, we, I was on it. And a guy named Steve Booth, who later went over yeah. to the NFB. He was a good guy, and I worked with him later at NDP. But he was on this Constitution Committee as well. And uh, so then... We had that on the 6th. We got the Constitution ready, and we had our founding meeting on the 27th, as I said, at the Lenox Hotel. And basically all we were doing was ratifying the Constitution, reading it to people and ratifying it and saying, we will have a state convention later in the year. And we did. The first state convention we had was at the 1200 Beacon Street Hotel in, um, in Brookline on October 3rd, the 1st through the 3rd, Friday yeah. through Sunday. And... Um, Phil Poffcher was uh, yeah. elected president, our first uh, president. And um, let's see, what else would we say about uh, the early years? We had another convention in Plymouth in 1977 at the Governor yes. Carver Hotel. That's right. Were those whole weekends like this weekend? Yeah, like yeah. They started, they'd start Friday night and go in, into Sunday. And, um, and then our first banquet speaker, I almost forgot and, uh, that this was true, was Lavelle Diet. That's right. He actually came and spoke, and of course, the late Lavelle Diet, who was on for many years on WBZ on Saturday evenings and so forth. So then, um, so our presidents over the years were uh, Phil Poffcher for the first couple of years, Merrill Maynard from uh, Taunton was our president, yeah, and then Phyllis Mitchell was our president uh, for about six years. Well, then. BSCB had kind of uh, capped out at what it was going to be at that point. We had about 70 members, different ages, still mostly young, and, and they're now in their 30s because us young guys were starting to get old. Uh, we, we've stopped, of course. We don't do that anymore. <laughs> Gave it up. But anyway, so um, we needed another bit of a change, and this is where the Charlesons came in. Kim and Brian had come to the area, I think, in 1984, and Kim was working at the library, and Brian was... I don't know, unemployed for a while, and then he, of course, got to the Carroll Center. But they came in, and they came to the convention in 1986. And so there was a changing of the guard. And we, as I say, we had about 60, 70 members. Kim and Brian, through their contacts and through various things that they did and the outreach that was done by all of us, brought the organization up to close to 200 people by the time maybe in the next 10 years. You know, And we've stayed around that number right now. The last number I heard was 182 um, we will have a new number this year when we're all, the, uh, all the memberships are in and we go to send our list to the national office in a couple of weeks. So we've been in the 175 to 200 level now, and you know, so it's really grown. So the presidents of the organization, um, Brian became president in 1986, if I'm correct. Um, then during that presidency in 1992, we, had, we needed another constitution. As a matter of fact, 
We didn't know where the first one was. (laughs) (laughs) You see, the the thing was in a bunch of Braille paper. It was on Braille paper, folks. That's right. You know, you didn't have places to back it up. (laughs) We formed another uh, Constitution Committee. Uh, Kim was on it. Brian was on it. Judy Dixon. uh, Jan was on it. Jan Doremus. And I was on it. I don't think I'm leaving anybody out. And uh, we met over the phone, and we got our Constitution together. We set up our term limits. When you look at your Constitution now, it'll say uh, May 2nd, uh, I think it's 1992. That was when it was first ratified, and then the latest uh, change date is there, and right now, March of, 19, of 2014. So we got our Constitution together. Um, so Brian had been president for a while, then Kim was president until 2000. Judy Cannon was president in 2000 to 2004. Jerry Barrier was president 2004 to 2006. Bob Hache, 2006 to 2012. Then, of course, Marsha from 2012 till last fall, and then Brian filling in for her. So we've, we've done a lot of advocacy, of course. We've had a lot of events. We've had our conventions, uh, that have, you know, and we've had a good attendance here. One, our best fall uh, conference attendance, we started the fall conferences, I think, in about 1994, 19, no, 92, 92 was when the first fall conference uh, happened. And those are always well attended, especially this past year. We've got to give a lot of credit to, uh, uh, to the committee who put that together, and quite a, quite a turnout. Uh, we've had social events. We had the, the bowling. We've had the beer works. We've had um, um, trips to various places. I know there was a Tanglewood trip, a couple, one or two of those, and just different uh, social events that we've done. So um, this organization has always been a vibrant organization. It's uh, been an organization I've always been proud of to be in and an organization I, I felt I learned a lot in um, because I don't think that if I had not joined this organization, I would have been pre- as prepared to go into the working world uh, as I was, etc. So anyway, Charlie and Kathy, any, anything you want to add? add? Yeah, a couple things. It gave a lot of us confidence. We learned to go to the legislature and talk to people like Barney Frank and um, other uh, legislators and go to the state house and learn how to do that because this is before the days of the leadership convention so that really helped and we talked we went to uh, cross uh, coalition um, cross disability events and we got to know a lot of the people from the other groups the deaf and um, um, people with mobility impairments and everything else and so we got to do that and then the first convention that Phyllis and I went to and uh, another member, Brenda Whitman, who's not with us anymore either. But we went to Hot Springs, and out of our own money, we did this. And we went uh, in 1976. That was the first convention that I went to in Hot Springs. And then Charlie and I went to, let's see, Florida and Michigan. And I went to Utah. And then in the 80s, I went off to Canada, so... Glad I'm back here she now, a, but I enjoyed draft Canada. dodger. Yeah, right. <laughs> but but it gave us it gave us the confidence as young folks uh, and the guides of people like Otis and Phil Poffer and people like that. And it so it gave us a lot of confidence to to go in and a lot of support. We talked about uh, things about cabs, you know, denying dogs and different things. It's funny how some of these things still wear their ugly heads, but we. Uh, it's hard to believe that it's 40 years. I don't know how that happened. Yeah. Charlie, you had a story you were telling us the other night when we were planning this about going to the legislature and talking to Barney Frank and stuff in 76 uh, when we were trying to get yeah. some legislation through. Why don't you tell that one? Okay. 
Um, you got the mic right there? Somewhere. Somewhere, I'm, my I'm love. I'm reaching for it. Well, there it is. I found it. All right. Thank God. I know it. Put your hand on the uh, microphone. I did. <laughs> uh, okay. Um, I just want to say that um, the spunk of the organization really shown at the time when Barney Frank, on behalf of our membership, introduced a bill, I think it was 2826 or something like that, in the legislature, and um, it was to uh, uh, eliminate discrimination against blind folks in employment, and um, it passed, and then it failed. It passed because everybody voted for it. It failed because, for some contrivance, I will not know why, it never made it to the printer. It couldn't be printed, and prorogation happened, and the legislature closed down. Now, every one of us that was at the legislature that night left the state house basically in tears because we had believed so hard and believed so much that this was the right thing to do. And it was the right thing to do, and we finally realized that dream a few years later. And I just want to say before I leave that there are people here um, who show the roots of this organization, people like Chris and Kathy and Rick and Linda, and and I just I just really thank God that the kind of dedication and vision that people had back then survives today in all the folks here. And I really want to congratulate you for being who you are. Thank you. Well, Charlie, you were a big part of this. Again, it always took some people from the outside. Charlie had just come to Massachusetts. He'd been up in New Hampshire and all. And uh, so and he had come. And then we had Kim and Brian come to push us to another level. Then we had Otis Stevens come. And we've got other people who have now come here to help us. And it's not like we didn't care, you know, but you, you sometimes lose imagination and, and you get in your rut and you do it the way you've always done it. And sometimes it takes somebody from outside to, to give you a little kick in the right direction. And uh, Bonnie or Karen, if you guys want to maybe a 30 two, yeah, they can, if they could speak, they could uh, finish it up. Yep. If you don't want to, that's fine. Yes, I remember my early this days. This is Karen, by the way. In BFC, I'm Karen Crowder. I was Karen Glazebrook then in the 70s. And uh, the things I remember was what Kathy said, is that it built confidence. But my confidence level was in doing um, other things besides political things, uh, getting things for talent shows, going to CBS, getting some dusting powders and things like that to raffle off at talent shows, making my first successful batch of fudge for a party, yeah. um, being on the membership committee, trying to bring members in, and some of the outings we went on, such as um, going to Sturbridge Village in 1975, uh, going to a baseball game that summer <clears throat> when they won the pennant, and in 1976, going to uh, Las Anderson transportation museum and even that summer having swimming lessons at the y okay, now many right. of you may not remember yeah, that remember but that. i that's do right. and okay. i left acb for a long time mm -hmm. joined the nfb for years but i've come back home and i'm glad i have all right hey karen bonnie I don't know what I can contribute much, but um, because at that time I was 1971, I I was sort of preoccupied 
with a baby, mm-hmm. and um, we, I, I was kind of busy, and um, but I remember going to meetings, and I, I remember the social aspects of it, kind of going out after the meetings, and and being a part of parties and all kinds of things. But I don't know that I contributed that much. I do remember we had all kinds of committees and stuff. And I was, we did have a newsletter committee. I was on that. Okay. <coughs> all right. Well, that's uh, it, Kathy. Okay, thank you so much. What? Well, I had a little blind, yeah, we had a blind parents, a little blind parents group that I started. And okay, so I think that pretty much wraps up. We, we got into many, as, as Charlie said and Kathy said, we did a lot of the same things, but we did them in, in the way you had to do them back in the 70s and, and 80s and so forth. Uh, we did them differently, but the, or, the precepts of ACB, the things that ACB stands for, have not changed since 1961 when it was founded, and we're very proud to have been a contributor here in Massachusetts to that uh, goal and that effort that's been carried across the country. And uh, um, I'm proud to be in this organization, and I, I, I hope you all are too. Thank you. Well, ladies and gentlemen, I guess you can see Bay State's been around for a while and it's going to be around for a long time into the future as well there'll be a time when the ladies and gentlemen in this room will be able to come up here and talk about the 50th and 60th anniversary of Bay State we intend to be around for a while longer want again thank all of those who brought us our history today Charlie Kathy Chris uh Karen and Bonnie. Okay, really do appreciate it. It's so easy to get so wrapped up in tech as the answer and the like. But, you know, I remember when I went back to college, the Disabled Student Services Office was a closet at my university that I could drag a a frat brother into and get him to read a book to me or something. (laughs) It meant something totally different in those days coming out of the closet. So. We have reached one of my favorite parts of the show. It's called lunch. Now, this is lunch on your own, right? So you're all going to make a mad dash to the restaurant. You're all going to order off of menus. Hey, thank you to the committee putting together the accessible menus, hey? The other night I was at dinner and everybody that ordered said, I'd like this, but I'd like it done this way instead of that way. Leave this off. Put this on. Turn it sideways. So remember, we all got to get into the restaurant, get lunch, and get back. So that means, you know, do your best to be nice to your servers. One fifteen. One latest. One five. One fifteen. We need you back here. Okay, back in the seats, keeping them warm for us. Okay, so off to lunch with everybody. And remember, so there are. T-shirts available for sale at the registration desk. In about 10 minutes. And if uh, Steve Dresser and Nina Kagan could stop by that desk as well, I'd appreciate it. Okay, everybody. That wraps up the morning session of the Bay State Council of the Blind Convention. Thanks for listening. Um, Again, for those of you that were listening and noted that we had a break, um, we had a speaker from Vanda Pharmaceutical, and we were advised just before our broadcast time that they were not allowed to broadcast on any... Um, 
carrier that could potentially um, send a signal outside of the United States, and certainly that is the case of ACB Radio. We are certainly heard globally. So um, Jeff Bishop just walked over. Hello, guys. Hello, Jeff. Hello, Jeff. Let me, let me hand you a microphone, and you can say a few words here. I'm just going to hand you this microphone. Let's see if it's on. Good, good afternoon, everybody. There you go. There you go. Hey, Jeff, I would, you, know, you did an absolutely spectacular job up there today. Oh, man. That was uh, – I'm, <laughs> now I'm that glad it, that's over. <laughs> no, no, you did good. You did good. Where did you do? You, you went to the back of the room afterwards? I went and got a Diet Coke. <laughs> no, it was I, my reward. No, I, I <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I you, you did absolutely great. So, yeah, um, thank you. No, it was it was wonderful. Yeah, we got uh, elections this afternoon, right? Yeah, and uh, yeah, yeah it'll be, be interesting. It's an interesting uh, slate of <laughs> slate of candidates. Yeah, uh, the um, the only one that well, I'm trying to remember who was second vice president who. Uh, is different than the one that was nominated, but uh, it's a very good slate of candidates. Frank yep. Frank Ventura is nominated for second vice president. Here comes Brian. Hey, I think Tim's over there still, is he? I'm right here. Yeah, hey. Tim's hey. over there. Here comes Brian. Brian's going to probably grab the mic we, we, and say we wanna, a few well, Let's get you on ACB radio, Tim. Come here. <laughs> here's, a, here's, here's, a mic, here's a microphone. <laughs> yeah. Talk great. to the people. This is a great convention. This is a great convention. This is a... Uh, Tim Cummings of Main Menu fame and producer of Cooking in the Dark. Do you're a tall man. I am a tall man. How tall are you? Uh, 6'2". I never pictured you tall. <laughs> so, so you're the producer of Cooking in the Dark, right? I'm sorry? So you, you said you're the producer of Cooking in the I'm Dark? I'm the producer of Cooking in the Dark, yes. So, which so is are you guys... Are you yes. guys in competition with ha- with Hazel? Uh, no, 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 not no, no, no competition. Very, complimentary. No, very <laughs> complimentary, actually. Very complimentary shows, and I'm very different shows. But it's like yeah. I'm glad that we, we do have two cooking shows on on uh, ACB Radio now, and it's. Um, I heard all, all last week all about that new instant po- Instapot. Thing. Instapot, That's yeah, cool. yeah, Instapot, yeah. It was great. Did you hear Larry do his demonstration? I did. Larry I did. I, that, that was, that was absolutely fascinating. Mm, yeah, the uh, yeah. both shows are great. Ha- Hazelnuts <laughs> and uh, Cooking in the Dark are both great shows. So, by all means, uh, ACB Main Men- no, an ACB Main ACB Mainstream is where that stuff resides. Yeah. And right now, you're listening to ACB Radio Live Event, yeah. Yeah. where uh, this uh, channel is available to affiliates to uh, do their broadcasting of their events. But we sometimes go outside of ACB, as we did in the fall with the National Braille Press. Yep. Um, to do uh, other events. So, again, live event is a good way to get your organization's um, message out there and uh, get it out to your membership that's not able to attend in person. So we have a very limited time for lunch, and I have not eaten yet today. So I'm gonna we're going to sign off here. Right, Rick? Huh? Rick, you want to eat with us? Yes, I sure do. I All sure right. do. So I'm, I'm going to go join Jeff and Brian and go have some lunch. I think, I think Tim... Uh, and, and Tim also, yeah. You too? Um, Cheryl's here. Oh, Cheryl's and here. And Cheryl's, Cheryl's here, hey. so we're all going to go off and have a, have a good lunch. So we will be back um, just before one fifteen, And, uh, again, we pick up again at one fifteen with introductions of everybody. This afternoon uh, we have the Commissioner of the Mass Commission for the Blind who's going to speak. 
and of course we have elections. We also have somebody speaking from the Attorney General's office that should be quite fascinating, and I believe also we have someone, uh, this may be tomorrow that I'm thinking of, we've got someone from a healthcare um, organization, I believe, as well, although that may be tomorrow. So thanks for listening, everybody. We'll be back in a little bit. This is ACB Radio Live Event. My name is Rick Morin, and we're happy to be here at the Bay State Council of the Blind Convention at the Burlington Marriott outside of Boston, Massachusetts.